0: Hi and welcome. My name's um, Andy and it's great to be great to be with you. I'm sorry that I'm not here in person but sadly um, a tragedy's happened and I can't get away um, but great to be great to be with you and um, yeah should we just start with a prayer. Lord Jesus I thank you that you are great and an awesome God. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that your ways for our life are the best ways and all we pray that today we won't just have information to tickle our heads but your Holy Spirit will bring revelation to our hearts, that internal will bring transformation to this area of hangover, we pray. So bless us, use us, fill us, equip us, empower us, and send us out, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you might be um, reading these two passages and thinking, what's this all about? You might also be thinking about Haggai. Who, who is he? What's he going on about? What's all, what's all this? In fact, if you're anything like me, you're not even sure how to say Haggai. I mean, I've talked about Haggai before and someone said, oh, you mean guy?" or Haggai. Yeah, I don't know. Sam might even say it differently. Lots of different people say his name in a different way. But Haggai is a prophet and the people of Israel have been in exile for a long time. And um, and what happens is they've gradually come back to the city of Jerusalem. They've got, gradually come back, and they've got on with their lives. There's you know we hear Nehemiah about building a wall around the city, and um, Ezra a bit later on is coming a bit later on. So that this is at the, the time that Haggai is writing out, and that sort of just about before, during, around Nehemiah, before the temple is is redone with Ezra. That's the sort of time that they're thinking about. In fact, and they often call Ezra. The second Moses, because much of our old, what we call the Old Testament, was written whilst the people of Israel were in in Babylon um, and they um, were in in exile. And so they took their oral history and they, they learned afresh what it meant. And then when they went back to the land, Ezra the high priest taught the people what it meant to live out their faith, following God, God's way. It's almost a bit like living in exile you learn a way of being you learn a way of adapting to a different culture and a different way of living where you're not in charge of yourself when you attempt to do what other people tell you and you return home and you're your own boss you have to sometimes you somehow have to recontextualize what it means to be the people of god how do you do this what do you put as your priorities What does it mean to live out your faith in this new context actually that's what Christ, i believe christians are called to do in every context in every community in fact the christian faith is all about i believe this word we use sometimes called contextualization what does it mean to live and look and uh, live out my faith today um you used to see these bracelets called what with wwjd written on them which um i used to say stood for um we want jam donuts or wipe or, or wild women just dance but WWJD actually stands for what would Jesus do and I think that's not a bad question to think what would Jesus do if Jesus was living my life what would Jesus do if he had my kids what would Jesus do if he was in my marriage what would Jesus do if he worked where I worked what would Jesus do if he had my mates how does it mean to live out a truly Christ-like life in the circumstances that we're in with the people who surround us that's the sort of idea that the people are 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 wrestling with in the time of Haggai but what they're doing is they're sort of saying let's put that on hold for the time being let's not worry about that now let's just enjoy life that eat drink and be merry because tomorrow you'll 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 die type attitude yeah what we'll do is we'll we'll sort out our houses we'll we'll go to Ikea we'll 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 shop we'll we'll get everything all nice because yeah yeah the the, god stuff that can that's important, but we'll do that another day. Interestingly, what often happens is people don't decide not to do things. What often happens is people say, "Yeah, yeah, that's really important. I'll do that sometime." But you know what? With "sometime," "sometime" never happens. So the people are are back. They're meant to be thinking about what it means to to live out their faith. They're meant to be putting their faith into practice. What's happened is. They're just getting on with their lives and enjoying stuff. And the temple, which was the heart and the hub and the centre of Jewish worship, is left unbuilt. It's not happening. It's almost a bit like, I'm going to sort myself out, do what I want to do, and God comes a second, or probably even third or fourth on the list. Yeah, we'll give it the rhetoric. We'll give it all of that. We'll, we'll, have all, we'll, we'll say all the right things about, about wanting to build the temple of the Lord, but actually... We're not really going to do it. Like I said before, Christians are great at talking the talk. The problem isn't how loud and clever and sophisticated and godly we sound on a, on a Sunday night. The litmus test is what are we like on a Monday morning when real life kicks in, not how good and spiritual we sound at church. Haggai is saying you're living in these fancy houses and yet you've just completely ignored God. You might be saying, oh, the time's not yet come, but really, that's just sanctified procrastination. That's just sin masquerading as holiness. Disobedience, pretending to be wisdom. Haggai is saying, you've sorted yourself out. He's saying you're putting yourself at number one in your life rather than the Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, rather than God. Or if we say it today, we're putting ourselves on the throne. Not the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying much a similar-ish thing, but he's saying it from a very different point of view in our, in our New Testament reading. He's, he's looking at people who are probably not dissimilar to us, who, because I think human beings throughout the time and history, we're actually basically quite similar. We have similar desires, similar feelings, similar things. But people are asking, what can I do to be happy? What can I do to feel fulfilled? What actually matters? Those deep longings that we all have within us. Jesus is saying, you're stressing out about so much that you think is gonna make me make yourselves happy about what to wear, what to eat, where to go, what your house looks like. There's so much stuff that just worries and stresses us out. And Jesus is saying, now actually ignore that and seek first the kingdom of God. It's not saying these things don't matter. What it's saying is about what is your priority, is your first and highest and chief priority to follow Jesus or is your first priority to sort yourself out. And basically faith is just a little bit of a hobby, a bolt on, an add on, a bit of spiritual, um, spiritual hundreds and thousands scattered on the top. Jesus is saying here that actually don't stress out about all the things that worry us, because actually most of them aren't that important he says can any of you by worrying about it add even a single even a single day even a single second to your life you can't he uses the illustration of 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 the flowers that are here one day and gone the next he says yet god knows what you need god knows what you need so instead seek first the kingdom of god so rather than thing oh yeah I'll, i'll follow jesus sometime follow jesus when it when it works instead let's say I want to follow Jesus with everything I've got. Um, interestingly, um, when Jesus um, calls um, the disciples, what happens is Peter, or Simon as he was called then, and Andrew, James and John left their boats, left their livelihood to go and follow Jesus. The same happened with Levi or Matthew. And um, he left his tax collector's job. He walked out of his job and went and followed Jesus. Interestingly, we see in the Old Testament, we see Elisha. Um, ploughing his field with a whole load of oxen. When God calls him, what's he do? He sacrifices the bulls, his livelihood, on his on his and on the plows. He burns them up as almost a sign of burning his bridges, saying, I'm following Jesus, I'm not going back. Jesus says um, to people who want to follow him, he says, let the bed, let, let the dead bury their own dead. He says, nobody who puts his fixes eyes who's plowing a field they they look ahead anyone who plows a field and keeps on looking back is not worthy to be my disciples the problem is many of us spend too much of our life looking back thinking oh I wish it was like that wish it was like that what can I do and almost saying God this is the life I want this is the life I want you to deliver for me please bless it rather than saying in the words of Isaiah who am I? Send me. Now, as we're coming into land, I realise um, you've got to be um, quite tight with time here because um, otherwise Sam said he would beat me up. Um, that's not why I'm not here. <laughs> um, what's that mean for us? You might be thinking, well, what does seeking first the kingdom of God actually mean? What is the equivalent of um, living in a parallel house when the kingdom of God is left in ruins? What's my, what's my, what's my equivalent? The question I'd say is what is God calling you to do? What is God calling you as an individual to do? What is God calling you as a community to do? Um, I was once asked what my vision strategy was for church and I said it came from um, the story of of Jesus turning water into wine and it was simply, simply this, it's what Mary says, do whatever he tells you. Now, I believe that God is talking to most of us most of the time. The problem is that most of our dreams, most of our desires, most of our, our passions, we, we, we squash down. We think, oh, no, that's just, that's just me. That's just a wild idea. Wouldn't it be nice if, rather than saying, actually, God, if this is you speaking, confirm it to me. Here am I, Lord, send me, said um, Isaiah. Or, um, or Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Say, if that's you, God, bid me come. If that's you, Lord... Let me, let me know, what has God put inside of you? Because you know what I believe, as we come out of lockdown, as we start a new season, as we start a new term, I think that God is saying the old ways haven't worked. The old way of doing stuff, the old keeping going, our old priorities haven't worked. What needs to happen is a new system, a new way of doing it. Actually, we need to reevaluate our priorities and say, God, actually, whatever you say, we'll do. Whatever you call, we'll go. Whatever you ask, we'll be obedient. And actually, maybe there's some dreams inside you that feels like this is scary. That's okay. God, God can cope with it being scary. God can cope with all of it. Maybe it's calling you to, to take a risk. Maybe it's calling you to give something up. Maybe it's calling you to pick something up. Maybe it's calling you to a new season of doing something different. Whatever it is, I believe that this new season, God is saying, stop living in a panel house and build my church, advance my kingdom, seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, But the exciting thing is that God will go with you. Those he calls, the Bible tells us, he also equips. The one who calls us is faithful. He knows the smallest detail nothing escapes him he cares about you and he knows you and he knows the circumstances you're in he knows your life he knows what you're capable of and he i believe has got great plans for you so what is god calling you to do what is god saying to you today i believe he wants us to realign our priorities realign our hearts and say to him lord whatever you say i'll do here am i lord send me in the words of isaiah we will seek first your kingdom and we will build your church wherever you want us to doing whatever you say right here right now so lord jesus we just want to pledge ourselves to you afresh at the start of a new term come lord jesus we surrender all we surrender all in jesus name amen just as to close and maybe i'm in my last minute a little thought a little sort of God nudge if you like. Sometimes people think about becoming a Christian is about memorising an atonement theory, is about having an idea of what happened on the cross, which, yeah, it's good to know what happened on the cross and why we believe what I believe what we believe. But ultimately being a Christian is about surrendering our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, great to know your theology, but it's also great to surrender our hearts to Jesus.